This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. With hosts Mike Fusco and Ray Ramirez. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Ray. Good morning. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Doing very well. Yourself? Doing great. Today is Tuesday, October 20th, the year 2020, and the second episode of the Team Business Podcast, huh? Oh, yeah. Proud to be on board here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What happened to the Cowboys last night, man? Oh, man, let's not talk about that. That was embarrassing. Embarrassing. I, I have to tell the audience, I think it was about one week ago today, that Ray and I were sitting <laughs> at lunch, and uh, he told me he'd rather have Andy Dalton at the helm than Dak Prescott. You still feel that way, Ray, or what? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that confident in, in Dak Prescott's arm, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see next yeah. year. He's still he's still rusty. Let's put it. Yeah. Dalton is. Yeah. Pretty crazy because uh, the World Series is coming up here, and we have two cities that could potentially double up on championships this year. Because you got the Tampa Bay Rays that, and you know, obviously the Lightning won the Cup. But then you have the LA Dodgers, and of course the Lakers won the NBA title. I know. So yeah. that could be pretty cool, huh? Exactly. I mean, for a second there, we thought the Padres were going to be there, but uh, last time we did our last podcast, and apparently yeah. that bill crashed and burned. That didn't happen. <laughs> but so today I'm really excited about our guest on the Team Business Podcast. Uh, this is a guy who I, I admire the way that he runs his business and, and what he's built. Luckily, I've I've had the pleasure of working with him in, in other channels yeah, of course, capacities, yeah. over the, since he started his company and just to kind of see the the growth and the explosion of, of what he's doing and really does it behind culture and that's something that I admire about him and really why I'm I'm really excited to have him on this podcast today to talk to our audience about how he's built his team behind the, the culture of the company yeah for sure and uh, I mean he's built a successful business but not only that he just does a lot in the community as well I mean we've uh participated um, based on his invites and what he's done in his area and uh i mean very proud to have him on on board today yeah he's an awesome guy and you know he really like you said he focuses heavily on the community giving back to the community for sure doing whatever he can and but what i noticed about him is it's not just him he's his everybody that works with him and for him has the same approach yeah yeah no he's uh definitely built a uh pretty cohesive team there um, that it basically works uh, really well from what I've seen on the surface and uh, I'm exi- excited to have uh, talk to him on here momentarily just to see how he uh, how he does it yeah thanks Ray and we'll be right back after this intro and we're gonna tell you a little bit more about our guest <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Mike. We're back here on the Team Business Podcast. This is Ray Ramirez. How you doing? And we're really excited about our guest today. I think something that Ray and I spoke about in the first episode that we'd want to continue to build on is the correlation between 
what we spoke about early on in sports and how companies kind of follow that same suit in building their team for, for success. Ray, when you look at some of the teams uh, that we spoke about earlier that have had success winning championships and getting to the World Series. and Well, I mean, it all comes know. down to um, every piece in the puzzle knowing what exactly they're supposed to do. Um, starts with leadership as well, of course. Um, that trickles down to everyone involved. Um, and then not only taking that cohesion, but consistently do it on a day-in-day-out basis, and that leads to success. So today we have Brian Morellis. He is the president and CEO of ProCal Lighting. ProCal Lighting is an awesome company. They're located up in the North County of San Diego. Uh, their projects are really cool. Check them out online. But something that I really admire and respect about this company is he has pieces in place, and they really work on, like you said, a cohesive approach. They, yeah. they all know what their roles are in the company. No matter who you speak to, uh, they you know they have the same work ethic, yeah. the same uh, uh, discipline. You know they work hard every day, uh, and I just I want to know how Brian does it. Yeah, I mean he tackles every job that he does in the same manner, in a consistent manner. So you're not going it's a it's a consistent throughout. So he does a job now, or he does a job five years from now, as you're gonna say, get and receive the same top level service from his from his team absolutely and something that someone said this to me a couple of weeks ago and uh it really struck struck a chord but it was one of our vendors with our insurance yeah. company and she said to me you know I, you can really tell how good a company is by the way they treat their vendors of course Speaking about us, you know, in terms yeah. of the way we treat them, and yeah. and, and, I, and I think it's a partnership, right? Is this? Yeah, it's all about relationships. It's right? a two-way street, and yeah. something I have to say about Procal Lighting is, as a vendor on the insurance side, and what we do on a day-to-day basis, the way that they treated us with respect, everyone on the team, uh, and make them feel like we're part of their group, and over the years is, is something that, to me, that shines through about how, their how great of a company they are. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that definitely speaks true from the standpoint of, you know, as insurance brokers ourselves, uh, we want to create partnerships in the market and work with individuals and uh, companies that are looking for that partnership as well. And uh, with ProCal Lighting, that's something that they understand and they share us in value. And that's why we've had a very long, uh, long relationship with ProCal Lighting. Um, it, 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 sh- it shows through and through. What do you guys think of our shirts? Check these little, puppies out. Little new merch here. Ray forgot to put <laughs> his name and number on his sleeve. I don't know how he pulled that one off. Uh, just going too fast to the clicks, my friend. Too clacks, too fast to the clicks. Ray was rushing, but this is. I want to tell everybody that the guests of our podcast they get some nice merch too. So I think Dylan Mathias from last week. I think he's already showed up with his. Uh, Nice fleece, zip-up hoodie, oh, nice, nice. t-shirt. Yeah, Brian's yeah. going to take advantage of these cool digs. And anyone else who joins us in the future, you're going to get the same opportunity to get something cool like this. Say, yeah, well, team business merch here. 2-0 for 2020. Yeah. But we're going to be back here uh, in just a minute. Brian's going to be with us. Stay tuned for some excellent information. Ray, one thing I want to speak about today, please remind me to ask Brian. Yeah. What kind of technology they use in the office to communicate as a team? I know they've moved to some remote uh, work 
you know, this year with with COVID. You know, and let's ask them. I want to know what kind of systems he has in place to make sure that they don't skip a beat. Yeah, no, definitely. That's uh, definitely uh, one. I would say new question, but very relevant question to ask these days with every business we talk to. So we're going to ask that question and you guys are going to hear the answer when we get back on the team business podcast. Team business. Hi everyone. Uh, Welcome back to the team business podcast. This is episode two with, as I said before, we're very excited to host Brian Morales today from ProCal Lighting. How you doing, Brian? Very good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the time. Nice. Yeah, glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Indeed. So before you came on, uh, we Ray and I were speaking, and we uh, recorded our introductions and all that good stuff, and we're talking a little bit about what we wanted to ask you today on the on the podcast. And I was telling Ray something that I admire about you and uh, what I've seen throughout the years is the culture you've built at ProCal Lighting. And being that this is a team business podcast, we want to speak a little bit about your team and how you've positioned yourself to bring everyone on and kind of absorb the same culture and the same discipline that you showed on an everyday basis. So mm-hmm. how have you accomplished that? What have you done to make that happen? You know, I think that's that's really interesting um, observation because on my part, it's chaos all the time. And, um, and as much as I, I want to have everybody, uh, in, in great synergy and sync together, it is hard work to keep everybody in line and to make sure that we have the same vision and that I'm promoting and I am, um, encouraging and I'm getting everyone to do their best. Uh, that takes up 99% of my time as a CEO. And I think um, I I initially came across this, like I think a lot of entrepreneurs do the hard way, finding that I can't just assume people are going to enjoy me and the business, <laughs> that I actually do have to, um, you know, back up what I'm selling, uh, make sure it's a great place to work. Uh, there's people appreciate the uh the skills that we bring to the table within internally. And, and then, you know, that we don't keep on um, fake actors. I think that's a huge part of it too. And, you know, when we first started, it was this idea that, Hey, uh, and a bit, a bit within in naiveness that, you know, we can bring anybody on and adapt them to our culture and make them amazing employees. And that's just not true. I think there's 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 a big part in there that um, you have to bring on people with skills who are qualified, who who bring in those uh, amazing attributes who help your business grow. Um, and, and you can, you know, add to that by by setting a, a standard of culture and giving them additional trainings and such. But um, bringing a fresh college grad in or someone from a different industry in um, it makes it very difficult to align them um, with your goals, even if you have a really great culture set. And uh, 
that was again something that we we had to work on. It was it was something that uh, took some time to do. Great, that's a great yeah. great response. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, and something, yeah, Ray. I'll get to your question right after this, sure. but I want to just go back one question that I I kind of missed here. But something that I noticed about you is you lead by example, and mm-hmm. you know, looking at your looking at your profile and all the what you've done in the past and you know your accomplishments. If you wouldn't mind telling our audience a little bit about where you came from, uh, what you were doing before you started ProCal Lightning, and you know what your kind of day to day, your daily goals are with ProCal Lightning. Yeah, that's thank you for that. I um, I started ProCal Lighting five year, over five years ago, and um, came out of the same industry. So I was a project manager for an electrical contractor local in, in the San Diego area and um, had always been in that industry um, for the last 15 years at least. And um, I knew what it took to be a, an amazing contractor. I knew that uh, the kind of service I wanted to provide, I knew all those things, um, but I didn't know the business side. So I had to learn that. But I, I've always been an entrepreneur. I think um, my background came from, you know, I, I went to school and I studied theology and aeronautical, <laughs> aeronautical science and business, hodgepodge of stuff. And just came out saying, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm going to put on a, a tool belt and try to fix things and make money off of that. Um, I didn't do well at all. I barely made enough. I, I spent all my money on new tools and just had to figure like now I got to go work for somebody else and, and do this. And uh, I had some decent management skills. So I think that that helped me out. Um, but I always wanted to run my own business. Um, so the opportunity came uh, for me to do that. And I think part of it was the timing, right? We all have the right timing when it comes to what we plan to do. So, so big, a big thing I tell everybody is if you tried it out and it failed, don't give up there's going to be a time when it's perfect. And, um, and that time was, was this time where I really understood the power of, of politics. I understood the power of um, working as a system and not independently. I understood the, the power of working on my business, not in my business. And I think that uh, that was all, a big part of our success over the last five years was that it was the right timing. Um, I grew up uh, in, in, you know, medium upper medium income family. My dad worked for the uh, FAA his whole career. Uh, So it was really a good career. He has a great retirement. Um, My mom was a teacher and I, I think, um, in as much as I would like to say that, you know, I came from the ground with nothing, that's that's not the truth. There's a lot of family and friends who helped me out with this. And, um, but what I did know is that I had to prove myself. There's two factors. There is one is I'm coming into an industry that is predominantly uh, owned and ran by uh, older white males. And the second being um, that I'm a young guy. Right. There's this young kid coming in who's, who's planning to start working this. My father didn't own the company. His father didn't own company. You know, it's, that's kind of the industry. Um, so I had to prove myself in different ways. I mean, I remember 
walking into a meeting and there was two hurdles that I, I internally had to overcome. One, not being um, shy about my age. You know, people would say, hey, uh, how old are you? I think I think in like maybe from their perspective, it's it's impressive. Like, man, you built a company. How old are you? Right. On my side, it was like, I don't want to tell you how old I am because you might you might yeah. think I'm not taking this serious right. or that I'm not wise enough to complete the project you need us to complete uh, or, or, or uh, you know, have as, the experience. Um, at some point, though, that flipped. And so did my ethnicity. And, you know, uh, I am my mom's white. My dad's from Mexico. And um, that flipped too, where I was, uh, I didn't have to hide anything. I didn't want to hide anything. I told people my age because I was proud of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I created a multi-million dollar company and I'm only 38, you know. Uh, I, the, yeah, I, I created a, a hundred a, a, a company that has a hundred employees, and I'm a Hispanic-owned, you know, uh, owner. So these are things that then became really proud moments for me, and, and it flipped the script for me. But um, before that, they for me it was hurdles. It was hard for me to to get into play, and uh, and I think that's that's what I like to share with it. a lot of people is you know your weaknesses can become your strengths. And, um, and that's what, what's really happened in, in this case. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, Brian. I mean, I can totally relate with you in, in various uh, levels of that as well as being a Latino American as well. And, uh, you know, being in an industry that's also facing the same, same factors. So I, I totally get that. Um, wanted to ask you as far as the industry, the industry you love, at what point in time did you discover you loved this industry and how did that eventually lead you to your current company? So uh, it really started with energy efficiency. There's this this huge push for our national infrastructure and our local infrastructure to to be more energy efficient. I think that's no matter what side of the aisle you are, that's something we all agree and we should be doing. And and really, it's all about saving money at the same time we're 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 being very efficient about how we're doing it. And uh, so I I really felt passionate about the field. Um, it was different from like, hey, being in a new construction and, and just, you know, bidding uh, pipe and wire and, and the like. There was something about energy efficiency that I really enjoyed, uh, not only because it, it had its own nuances. It had like you can be really good at it or you can be really bad at it. But also you left knowing that you just didn't build something you like you helped. Uh, this agency or this business make money and, yeah. and, and be more efficient at doing it. And, and so, you know, I, I think part of the desire for me to get into this industry was that there was not a good fit for me anywhere else. I knew that I really enjoyed this and then it mutated from that. So energy efficiency, we started off, we, we were doing huge school districts early on. And then we found ourselves really understanding the lighting world and the advancements of lights and controls and married up with these companies early on and said, hey, we'll be happy to help you with R&D. We'll be happy to help you service your clients. So we created these huge bonds with these companies. And now we're uh, you know, a part of these huge projects that need their, uh, their product. And we are the specialists of those products now. And so- yeah. yeah. So really, it really led us to these huge projects that you no know, no other five year old company would be involved in, 
because we took those opportunities early on as lighting developed, uh, we got on this, this really good success train. It is hard. <laughs> it's yeah. One oh, of those yeah. things where it's like, man, no <laughs> one has a script on this, right? Cause it's yeah. new. And so you're developing the script as you go along. Yeah. Well, it, it sounds to me like a right timing and preparation all met at one time. Yeah. Work, and work a lot, its of, way money. Out. A lot yeah. of money. <laughs> I know. Yeah, sure, man. I had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, accountants and CFOs and even employees that are like, are you serious? You're, you're going to just spend this money to get all this training or, or to get this job. Like we were buying projects just for the sake of, Hey, we want to get involved with this type of manufacturer. And uh, it was all investments that, you know, were risky, uh, but it paid off. And, and I think that's always going to be the case for any owner, you, you know, the, the lay person's always going to, question your your judgment but you just have to kind of feel deep in your soul like this is the right thing for us to do one of my biggest ventures is is trying to get into our the la olympics which i think is another eight years oh, wow. from now and yeah eight years right now you know partnerships and things that we're trying to do just oh, to get wow. into the table and people are like are you i mean we're spending a ton of money and it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Right. And I'm scared too. It's like, man, I'm, I yeah. think, I feel like the players are already set, but, um, but I do find little, you know, uh, hopes and, and things, a uh, little light shines through the, you know, this dark cave that we're in once in a while where somebody's like, Hey, I happen to know somebody who's on the Olympic committee. You want to meet him? And you know, those kind of things. And so it, it, it's part of being an entrepreneur. You got to invest in yourself. You got to invest 10 years from now. And that's really oh, yeah. start investing. That was a 10 year you know, play. And again, it's not, I don't know how I'm going to make a ton of money on the Olympics. It's just something I really want to do. I want to be a part of that. You want to be a part of it. Yeah. My employees and my family all to participate in something that cool. So that's what we're trying to do. And it's, it's been that way. So some gains, some losses, but it's always been a, a trying to anticipate what's going to happen in the future. Brian, you say you touch on the fact that you want to be a part of it and you want to be a part of something. And I, I know that you're a large part of the community. You guys do a lot and you personally do a lot for the community. You give back a lot and there's some really great, great uh, foundations that you're a part of and that you, you, you subscribe to. Tell us a little more about that and how you bring the company into, into the same type of situation. Like I noticed that almost people I speak to in your company seems everyone's on board with that type of community give back. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you get everyone involved and how do you make sure that they have the same mindset on it that you do? Yeah. So, uh, so it goes back to that culture question. I think um, our, our culture is, is summed up in an acronym we, we call SHINE, uh, which relates to our lighting work. Um, and SHINE stands for safety. It first starts with safety and making sure we care about all of our employees out there. Uh, honesty, that's such a, a, a common thing, but it's one of those things that if we're not real, constantly reminding ourselves that that's a, a part of our culture, not just a value, but a part of our culture that we always need to be honest, even when we mess up, uh, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's something we need to uh, you know, attest to. Um, I stands for in, um, ingenuity. I think it's one of those things that a company always needs to be inventing themselves. And the, the next letter is the one that's very unique. And I probably pulled it out of somewhere and I always have to explain it, but the N stands for nobility. 
And <laughs> what it means is yeah. one, that the individuals that make up ProCal are special. To me, they're kings, they're queens, they're people who are special, they're nobility. But not just that, nobility looks at who's around them and caring for people around them. When you think of somebody who, who does something, then man, that was a noble act, right? right. That's kind of what we want to build around. So right. not only do we have to kind of empower our, our staff and say, look, you guys are not just employees of a company. You guys are members of a community, members of an industry, members of, uh, of, of a larger thing that's happening here. And we want you to make the same amount of um, contribution that we want to do. And, and, and that's kind of this generation's thing, right? I think it's not about retirement. It's about being a part of a, a company that can make change and can develop uh, change within its, you know, wherever it's working. Our industry just happens to be really involved in it. I mean, if we're talking about energy efficiency, you know, it's like, well, that's what we're doing. You know, we're making all these old public buildings, all these old commercial buildings more efficient and they're losing less energy. People are not getting migraines anymore and all these things that we can be involved in. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's really communicating that to our employees, like, Hey, this is something we, we see as a value and we want to make sure you understand you have that same value. Um, but, it, it, and then I, just to finish it off, the E stands for excellence, which I think is a part of anybody's venture that they want to get into. They need to do it with excellence. But we understood early on that if we were going to do anything and be successful at it, we had to make sure that, you know, it wasn't just a money success. It was, uh, it was beyond that. It, it involved with our community. It created um, positive, uh, you know, movement for our nonprofits around us. And I think what is hard about that is you got to measure who you're participating with. I mean, sometimes people just want money. And that's fine. Yeah, it's completely. Yeah. It's completely uh, a need that's warranted. And 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 then others say, "Hey, we want some participation." And so we try to blend it in pretty good. But it doesn't stop with just you know, "Hey, we have a homeless shelter here, or we have a food pantry here, or whatever it might be." Uh, it's also just other community stuff like museums, uh, uh, art museums. You know, we're we're involved in that. What can we do to help in that community? So. There's, there's a lot of different aspects that, that we try to participate in just because we know we can and we should. Yep. As a business owner, there's a great marketing that can happen around that. And let me tell you why. Because the people who make decisions are, are elected officials, are, are neighborhood leaders. Those are the people who are involved in those as well. And when they see your company doing those things, um, it, for them, it, it really helps them understand what you're doing and how you're doing it. And that that's the company they want to work with. So it's a huge marketing aspect. I wouldn't say we lead with that, but it's a great side effect that, um, you know, that, that makes it that much sweeter. Great. Thank that's you. Great, Brian. Um, speaking of this year, 2020, it's been a crazy year. Looking back at this year, I mean, what do you find most grateful for? On this year, 2020, grateful for? Yeah. yeah. I think um, I, we feel <laughs> we feel blessed to not have to close. <laughs> That's what I'm 
I know, man. <laughs> yeah. Is, what a year. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think um, I'm a part of a lot of business associations, a lot of chambers that I see restaurants and I see salons yeah. and I see, you know, these companies who um, are, are more low key that can't survive. I mean, we're talking about the smallest of the small businesses and that's a problem. You know, yeah. that's, that's big a big time. problem where our small businesses are not surviving. Our big businesses, the Googles, the Apples, all of them, they're, they're creating record profits. I think, right. I think there's opportunity for them through this, through this crisis, but our small businesses are hurting tremendously. And so, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to say that I, I can survive, but I know that um, thinking for our own business and saying, we don't need any uh, additional aid or we don't need uh, anything to change or, or rather even like, you know, I hope my, my competitors don't survive because they'll get more business. That's a selfish thing. And I need yeah. to think more yeah. that our small businesses are what make up our economy. Some people say 45% of their economy. Some people say 50, over 50%. But I would say that if, if our small businesses fail, we're not just hurting a big chunk of our gross domestic product. We're, we're hurting um, families and yeah. our, our really middle-class you know, uh, system tremendously. I mean, this is our small businesses make up the middle class. And I think if, if we're going to um, look at 2020 and say, what's going to happen, it's, it's going to be that small business gets its due. It, it, it gets noticed and say, we need small business better than ever. So I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, after the election, we see yep. members of Congress and uh, whoever our president is going to be look at small business and say, okay, we're going to, we're going to put you guys in front and make sure you guys last through this so that we can come back roaring. Cause if the small business is not there, we're not going to come back roaring. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are. We need small business. You know? So I'm, I'm glad to be in business. I'm glad to be helping others stay in business as much as I can. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to saying, remember those dark days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, really looking very forward to that. Well, on that same note, Brian, I mean, just wanted to ask you, imagine your company in three years. How do you think it'll be different? Yeah, I think... Uh, I think we will see ourselves out of state. Uh, we're already kind of going that route. We had to become my, more diversified because, um, you know, the COVID did limit our more key customers. So we had to become more diversified and find other customers. A lot of that is out of state. You know, yeah. a lot of that opportunity, it, it doesn't reside in the same territory. So uh, as far as Florida, um, you know, places like North Carolina and Ohio are things that we're looking at right now that um, we're going to, I think, look, you know, for three years from now and be like, man, we got several offices now uh, and throughout the nation and uh, we're doing, we're running these, you know, businesses separately and they're doing great. I'm hoping that's the case, uh, but it really stemmed from the crisis that we're, we're going through now. Let me ask you this, Brian. So you you guys have obviously had to shift some of the way that your employees work, right? I mean, I know from experience, some people are working from home or virtually on a more day-to-day -day basis. What type of tools have you put in place 
to ensure that you continue to communicate, to continue to stay on task, that everyone knows what their you know daily duties are. What type of things have you put in place, technology or maybe otherwise, that have helped you in 2020? So it's it's definitely technology. We've we've um, we've brought on some some softwares to help our communication, both on our projects to our management to our accountings. Um, we've brought on um, different systems, uh, you know, even Zoom and the like. We're we're doing that constantly. One of the things that uh, was more physical change though was we started having directors meetings every Friday. And this meeting without error goes through every single part of our business. So every Friday, we spend an hour and a half to two hours. And I'm talking, I'm, I'm getting all my directors on board through this Zoom meeting, all talking about things that they don't necessarily have their hands on. So when we're talking about what's our budgets, when are when our, our receipts coming in, how, how, when we're going to close, and then what's new business look like and and how are we doing on our field? And uh, do we need to hire new or do we need to lay off? Everybody's there. Everybody's listening. And it's That's been great. amazing. It's been amazing. Has it? Wow. Because not, not only has everybody been witness to how the business is doing, they're not, they're not, they're not separated from some part of the business sure. and blinded by it. I want everybody to know exactly how it's going and what we're doing, but it helps us keep each other accountable. You know, we, we know what we're involved in and what we're in charge of and how we need to work on this or that. It also helps me, you know, when I'm, when I'm thinking just business say, Hey guys, we're, we're, we're really low in revenues and we need to start laying off people. Someone's bound to chime in and say, you know, uh, you know, I understand that, but is there anything we can do? It's, it's a hard economy. It's hard to get another job. And we all then talk about that right? Was well, there anything we could do for our employees who, who were going to be letting go? Um, that's really good conversation and good for all of our directors to hear. Uh, sure. Because now it's it's not just a, hey, the boss man said, we're going to be letting people go. It's like, hey, there's a lot of thought process going on here. And then they could communicate that to all the people reporting to them. So um, that has been one of the best things that we've created because of this and pivoted from this was creating a, a regular meeting every Friday. And sometimes- How long have you been doing that? Man, I, I think we've been doing it since since March. So okay. Kind of started COVID. So you've been very off. consistent. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, there's there's some Fridays when people won't be around, we'll, we'll call it, but that's very seldom. We, we almost religiously come to the table and say, hey, if, if you're not going to be here, you need to make arrangements to be here uh, on, on the Zoom meeting. Um, and, and it, it said, it's like I said, it's really good. It, it, sometimes it's like, man, we got to go through this again. We just talked about this last week, you know? Yeah, sure. You're talking about the same thing over, over and over, but there's always something that comes up that becomes the, like, you know, the, to the meat of the discussion. Um, but man, and what I've heard from, from my directors and, and my management is that it's been a really great thing for them. Uh, and helping them understand what's going on and, and, and broadening the communication levels and things like that. Communication right now is huge. One of the things that it is. I, I suggest to you know, anybody listening and who's a business owner is there are employees who are busting their ass for you, you know, and there's some who aren't. 
Both are having their own experience with this whole COVID thing. And whether they are, they aren't, there's this other thing that's happening behind the scenes that we need to address. And usually that only, the only thing it takes is for us to communicate. How you doing? How's your family? What's going on? Maybe it's like, you know what? I'm busting my ass for you. And I, I'm glad I'm doing it because that's my, that's how I want to work. But my kid is struggling in school. I can't balance these things all together. And maybe you have the opportunity at that point to say, you know what? I see that you're doing hard work and I appreciate it. But we can tell off so you can focus more on, the, on your family and getting the kids started for school or whatever it might be. Man, that's going to go a long way. Because the, the opposite side of this is when this stuff is done and <laughs> businesses are going to be like, well, you were busting your ass for me then. How come you're not doing it for now? You know, they're going to leave. You have to make good effort now to say, I understand what you're going through. I understand this is a tough time. I understand these are hard decisions we have to make. And I appreciate it. We're going to get out of it and we're going to, get, we're going to do better. Uh, but that all has to happen with communication. It can't be assumed. It has to be talked about. So meetings are good right now. They're really good. Great, great. That's great. That's, that's, that's awesome stuff, actually. That's great. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Um. Let's pivot a little bit here. So as far as ProCal Lighting, now let's talk about latest projects, charities, things you guys are involved in. I wanted to ask you too about the Hilton. I saw the uh, the Hilton, man. That What an awesome, awesome job you guys did on that job. Yeah. Again, something that, um, that we haven't, uh, you know, no one can write the script on. We, you, you just engineer something and you hope the best and, we had some hurdles and stuff. We had some weird moments, but man, it did come out great. Uh, the Hilton really, Bay really downtown at the Bay. Yeah. They, we, mm -hmm. we did a light wall for them in which is movable has, you know, formation to it where it can really Amazing. even set up logos and things. I mean, this is a huge venture that the, the difficulty was we had to remove these heavy glass. Of course we broke some and we had to replace some. So that was a part of the hurdle. <laughs> But um, it came out great, and and the client was amazed. The client is off, you know, you know, when you think of Hilton, there's some ownerships of these Hiltons that cover a, a broader base, and so they saw that, and they're like, "We like this guy," so it really helped us. Uh, congrats on that! Yeah, congratulations on that project. It's amazing. I hope I hope once you know uh, hotels open up more, people can enjoy that. Um, and, and that Bay Area is really something that we're uh, involved in heavily. You know, the, the Coronado Bridge is something we're currently working on in November during Fleet Week. We're gonna be installing and creating a, a, a show that's for studies regarding what would this look like and how would it affect neighborhoods and, and fish life and, and, and the like. Um, but it's also a great opportunity for people to see what lights on the bridge would look like. Uh, the bigger project having yeah. permanently yeah. installed is going to be some other couple of years from now, but um, we're excited still to have that happen in this 2020 year, you know, uh, and and in next month, um, and, uh, and and then we're yeah continuing to to participate in community stuff. So um, uh, kitchens for good is one that we're involved in. They they actually help uh, people who need jobs, maybe convicted felons or people who are just out on their luck find a new career as a chef. Um, and so uh, oh, it's a training program, they, they get then, uh, 
you know, partnered with the restaurant, uh, really great program. Uh, within our association, uh, we've been working on uh, food cabinet type things where we have a refrigerated container uh, where we get overages from the shopping markets and they uh, store that in the container and people who need those fresh vegetables, that fresh food can go and grab it from there free of charge. Um, oh, wow. Things that we've been working with still, um, Operation Hope, which is a, a temporary shelter, which is kind of really commonplace. They, I mean, that that's something that I think uh, is in broader need now from people losing their jobs. Uh, so in essence, what's happening is, you know, the, the, the family comes and lives in this temporary shelter while they get back on their feet. And it, it, part of the program includes counseling and, and uh, job assistance and all that. Uh, so we're involved with them, helping them with their media and then and giving them monetary donations. And then uh, I mentioned the museum, uh, the Oceanside Arts Museum has really took a hit too, right? You can't have visitors <laughs> yeah. Museum yeah, and donate brutal. anymore. So um, we're doing a lighting project for them to help them uh, upgrade one of their uh spaces so that art can really be seen under some really good quality light and um it's a project we're working on now but you know they they enjoyed our activity so much that they invited me to be on the board the following year and such a great you know way for us to help the community around us um, it, we're not in the best place to be giving out handouts I, i'm gonna be honest you know we're not in that place yeah. But my thought process has always been, you know, to pay it of the first fruits, you know, we, we, we can always be waiting until we had enough, but what, who's the make that determination that you have enough, man, I, if you ask me, I got way more than enough. And so uh, to be able to participate and give to these agencies to help them survive, help them grow, uh, it really does allow us to uh, enjoy our work more. So uh, yeah, just some examples of what we're doing. That's great. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Brian, if you weren't, if you weren't leading ProCal Lighting, what would you be doing? Leading another company? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I'm always visionary. I mean, I can't stick around ProCal Lighting. And I'm, I, my directors can tell you that, man. My, my visions come from left field all the time. And uh, we're working right now. Uh, on uh, creating a, a agency for content creators. Uh, this is a venue that, or venture that I have going on with a, another gentleman out of um, Utah. And so I actually recently registered a company in Utah. I never thought I'd own a company in Utah. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's completely out of my field, but I know how to run a business now. Yeah, just people who are experts at doing the other part. So okay. that's kind of my, my fun um, things to make sure I'm, I'm, generating wealth. I'm creating opportunities beyond what ProCal can do. Um, there's, there's other aspects of, of the lighting industry that I'm trying to develop further. So I always think I'll, I'll probably be, you know, in that position, either CEO or something um, as I enjoy it. I enjoy the chaos. I enjoy the, the unknown. I enjoy having to be inventive. Man, do I enjoy the success. I enjoy yeah. when something goes right and it's like, I told you, I told you, I told yeah. you. It's the best yeah. feeling. Yeah. Great feeling. So we have two more questions for you. Yeah. 
one kind of a serious one. <laughs> and the last one, which is a surprise, I think will be a fun one. Ray, do you want to ask the serious one? Uh, you can say, okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, what, um, what would your life partner or best friend say that they like the most and least about you? Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that is a tough one. <laughs> My wife loves that I'm a visionary, hates that I'm a visionary. So the same thing. My wife is the complete opposite of me. Uh, very cautious and um, very slow to make decisions. She's, she's, she compliments me really well that way. And I think I sometimes you know, cause her to grow extra gray hair <laughs> because I'll, I'll come home and say, oh, great idea. But, yeah. Uh, what if we did yeah. this, that, you know? So, right. Uh, it's, I feel for our spouses, man. Anytime. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, anytime do you share everything going on? I'm sure they, they're holding their tongue. Do you always share with her what you have, what you're thinking? I try. I think okay. I've learned that there's some things that aren't worth sharing, right? Like we just lost a hundred thousand dollars on this project. You don't share that with your spouse because <laughs> yeah, it's sure. like, uh, like they're, they're, they're imagining the worst, you know, those there's mm -hmm. cycles in business that sometimes you lose money. Of uh, course. So I don't come home <laughs> that I tend to keep that to myself, but I do, I do tell her the good news. I do tell her when things are difficult, um, I, I do tell her, you know, what I'm experiencing at the moment and, and, you know, she tends to sympathize. What's great about spouses or best friends or whoever is, is that they're always going to be supportive of you. So even if, uh, or they, they, they should be always, you know, if, if you having trouble with uh, colleagues at work or a customer or whatever, you can unload on your, on your spouse, you know, about what you're experiencing and they'll sympathize. Um, I would not suggest doing that with another employee or another client or whatever. Uh, you have to remain the business owner. So um, they, that allows me to kind of shed all my frustrations um, and, and, and get somebody who can hear me. But, you know, they're also, it's not going to hurt my business. It's not going to, it's disciplined still. Great, great response. Yeah. Last question. And I get to talk to Chris about this a little more often than you. So I got to ask you <laughs> how the, the Dodgers are going to bring it home or what? <laughs> Man. So <laughs> in our, in our company with, within our director, yeah. all like almost have the, the, we have a team that is the, the biggest competitor to our other team. So I'm a Padres chargers fan. Oh, are, are, okay. Are you, I always thought you were a, a Dodger, uh, like well, Laker guy. No, my, my VP, Chris, is a Dodger yeah. uh, Raiders fan, right? Yeah. Um, we, got, we got members and directors who are Rams fans and, and uh, Anaheim Angels fans, you know, things like that. So we have a great time. And I think what was good is, and I, I, I'm going to start betting this way. Whenever my team comes to a playoff and they lose, they lose to the champs. I've noticed that. My Chargers do it all the time. I think <laughs> it's going to happen with the Padres. The Padres lost. 
the West to the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are going to win. And they have a great team, man. They do. I think uh, as much as this, I always tell everybody this, these seasons, these, all these championships are going to have an asterisk next to them because they've been so for sure. Right. It's it's crazy. Oh yeah. You guys won 2020, but that was a weird year. So um, yeah, I think he's going to come at home. I, you know, uh, normally I'd be like, you know, I'm going to send you to one of the, uh, one of the championship games, but um, you know, cause COVID we can't do that. So uh, we're all going to, and I think uh, we'll be ruining on cause that's anytime we have anybody's team in the playoffs or in a championship, uh, we're going to root each other on. Now you're a Laker fan though, right? Yeah. You, yeah. Okay, so you are a Laker fan. Okay, I knew that was you had yeah. some LA. Yeah. I knew you had. That season was weird, you know. Uh, but and you know, I was. I loved LeBron James. I think he's an amazing guy, an amazing work ethic. Um, and but I, I, my hero was Kobe Bryant. You know, yeah, for sure. That guy was. Yeah. I grew up with him. I felt like man, that guy is my i'm a fan of him and so i i I can't quite marry up to the lakers like i would if the kobe Bryant was on on uh on staff there but um i love lebron james i think he's a great attribute to the lakers obviously brings him a championship he's a great leader um it's not quite the lakers i grew up with but i'm still still (laughs) i'd have to concur with that brian i'm a lifelong laker fan myself and i'm also a kobe fan so i totally agree 100 what you just said there yeah, Ray likes all of America's teams. <laughs> I grew up. I grew up in Dallas, and can I help it? That they, Lakers have great marketing, and then I was all watching, the teams that have the most championships. I was watching the Showtime Lakers in the eighties. Magic Johnson, come on, that's Brian. great odds. I say if you if you if you have fandom towards those men, you're you're most likely going to win most of the time. So exactly, it keeps me happy. <laughs> Brian, I can't thank you enough. I you know the feedback and the the information you gave us is immeasurable. I think our listeners are going to really, really gain a lot of, out of what we spoke about. Uh, thank you for everything you shared and just for being a part of, you know, spending the last hour with us is we're very grateful. So yeah, thank you, Brian. Appreciate the time. I'm glad. Thanks guys for having me on. It's really uh, important for me and to participate in this and um, really enjoy that you guys are thinking outside the box and, and, you know, I'm glad I'm able to work with you both in business, but also as friends and having uh, that camaraderie as entrepreneurs. So thanks for that. And thanks for having me share. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Okay, we'll see you guys. Yeah. On behalf of Ray, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to watch this episode of the Team Business Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow along on Facebook and other social media sites for the latest episodes of Team Business. Thank you again and have a great one.